0: DeVito, or his real name, Liberatore DeVito, is an American rock drummer, but you may know him best for being the drummer for Billy Joel for a long time. He's a crucial part of Billy Joel's legacy. He is credited on over 150 million records sold. And ladies and gentlemen, today we are super excited to have Liberty here with us on the j Roth Concert Podcast talking about his new memoir, Liberty, Life, Billy and the Pursuit of Happiness, which is out now and available on HudsonMusic.com and Amazon.com. The book is really great, guys, uh, for rock and roll aficionados. It, is, it has a foreword from Billy Joel himself, amazing photos. And uh, listen, in this compelling memoir, Liberty basically takes us back to his immigrant roots, You know, talks about, you know, how he started in Long Island, um, a place he recounts in warm detail with amazing, amazing, colorful stories. He talks about his family that's Italian. His father became part of the New York Police Department. And then he talks about, you know, his early bands and the way he came across Billy Joel and, and the fantastic, fantastic success that they had on so many, so many great songs. Um, undeniably great songs like, you know, Miami 2017 or um, uh, Only the Good Die Young. So many of Billy Joel's songs, Liberty was a crucial part of it. Amazing touring stories of touring with Billy in Japan, touring all over the world. This is rock and roll history right here, folks. And we are very grateful to have Liberty. We invite you to buy Liberty, Life, Billy, and the Pursuit of Happiness on Amazon or HudsonMusic.com. And, uh, and, and thank you guys for joining the J-Rod Concert Podcast. As usual, I do want to ask a favor of you guys. Um, we've had great success with the podcast. The reception has been phenomenal and we're very grateful for it, so thank you. Um, if you want to give us a little token of appreciation, make sure you give us five stars on iTunes and Spotify and subscribe if you like it. That stuff helps us a lot. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the interview with Liberty DeVito. On J Rod Concerts podcast. How are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you and see you. What about you? Woo! Yes. Perfect.
1: See you and hear you
0: too. That's great, Liberty. It's great seeing you. Great talking to you. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I'm doing what great. I, I'm we're in Florida, South Florida. So um. Taking a step back with the virus, Liberty, if I may be honest with you, the, um, the numbers are going up, and yesterday yeah, they closed the gyms and the restaurants again. So I understand they did the same thing in Texas and uh, maybe California too. Maybe, maybe so, you know. And, and New York, you guys, on the other hand, started slow, and I'll go moving on up.
1: Well, you know, uh, I think it has a lot to do with the masks. You know, the young kids that came down to you for spring break, I, I think they uh, kind of ignored the warnings and, uh, you know, took it home with them too, to other places. That's yeah. why we, you know, people got to be quarantined when they come to New York.
0: True. It's a strange world we're living in these days. Absolutely, Liberty. But you know what? Something we can count on is your excellence and uh, we're happy to have you here talking about your new book, Liberty, Life, Billy, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. And uh, we are recording this on the 80th birthday Yes. of uh, one of your idols, Mr. Ringo Starr. Yes, 80 years old. Can you believe it? I can't, he looks great, doesn't he? He does look fantastic. I mean, he was 24, I think, when the Beatles uh, came over or something like that. Unbelievable, unbelievable, uh, Liberty. And you, you talk a great deal about his uh, influence on you in the book. And uh, we'll certainly get to that. But, but yeah, Liberty, let me just start by saying, you know, it's a pleasure to have you here, uh, you know, for, you know, uh, Over the driving force for Billy Joel for so many years, Uh, you know, 13 platinum Billy Joel albums. You were part of it. Uh, You know, you were part of 22 of Billy's 23 top 40 hits uh, and all six of his Grammy Award winning recordings. So it's great to have you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Sure, Liberty. So um, before we get to to some of the music and we'll talk a little bit about Billy, but uh, about your career as well. How are you doing, uh, Liberty, with this 2020? How's everything in Brooklyn? How's your family? How are you doing? So
1: well, Brooklyn's well. Uh, I mean, we're we were quarantined for a long time, a bunch of months together in a apartment in Brooklyn. It was very tough. I didn't have drums in the apartment. Uh, I couldn't come to my mother-in-law's where my drums are. The drums of you know I'm in my basement right now, and uh, so uh, that was tough. No drums. And uh, but now what we're doing is I'll come over here. I'll play a beat, and I'll send it to Richie Cannata. The, the sax player that was with Billy and he's with the Lord of the Second Street with me and he'll take it and he'll write something around it. Huh. And then, uh, you know, so we're trying to write and, and keep active that way. You know, sure. it, it's hard, but you know, I'm a, a songwriter's drummer. I like to be with people. It's hard to go into a basement and just practice, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you've been banging on stuff for so long that it must be uh, extra hard for you.
1: Well, like like I explained to, her, I have a live coach, and uh, and she talks me down off the ledge every now and then. And uh, <laughs> like I explained to her, it's like you know, if music is your mistress, I can't get to my girlfriend because you know we we're not allowed. <laughs> and it's driving me crazy.
0: And I lo- I love all those uh, connections you make to music and the mistress and in, in the book because it it's certainly funny and uh, music has been your first love and very yeah. interesting. Delivery. where did the idea for the memoir come from? How long have you been thinking about this?
1: I started writing uh, after me and Billy split. Mm. Uh, At the same time, I got divorced from my second wife. I'm on my third now. (laughs) But um, So I started writing then. And uh, I would write a little bit and put it away, think, ah, nobody wants to hear this stuff. Write a little more. Somebody would say, like, oh, you know, you should write a book. And I thought, ah, let me try it again, you know. So that happened over 15 years. You know, um, and when I finally uh, met with uh, a friend of mine and, and he read some of it, I sent him some chapters and he said, I think you've got something here. He goes, but uh, you know, you should uh, smooth out the, the the rough spots because I was angry 15 years ago. And with age, I hope I'm mellowed and I'm not angry anymore. And that's why the book is is kind of like a look at me seeing maybe what Billy was thinking, what position he was in at the time when things happened. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, you, when you're in the band, you're like, what do you mean? He doesn't want to work anymore. Come on. We got to work. We need money. Let's go. You know, what do you mean? He's getting rid of these guys. Uh, why he's, they've been with him for years. You know, he's the guy that's on the marquee. Yeah. Billy Joel. Uh, he's the guy that had the record deal. We were just, his band, we weren't signed to the label. He was, taking care of us you know so so he was under a lot of pressure that we never ever thought about it as pressure you know sure. was, oh, he's getting lazy or you know but now age, you, you look at things differently
0: you know yeah. no i think you did a really good uh, good uh good job with that i think everyone and all the you see things from every angle. And at Liberty, let me talk to you a little bit about your family because it's fascinating. And, you know, everyone's talking about immigration these days, but your family is the, the Italian immigration awesome success story, right? I love it so much. So, uh, I mean, your grandparents traveled by boat, you know, they came to America, the, the whole thing. Yeah. Your father and his brothers were sent to war, right? So that's where your name comes from, Liberty. And 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 some told, some told your mom that you would hate it and you'd be marked for it, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I was named after my uncle. Uh, five brothers went in, and only four came home. My the uncle had died, his name was Liberty Libertory, like mm-hmm. that's my brother. And uh, so I was named after him. Um, my uh, my uncles and and uh, the family said. Oh, no, no, no. He, he's going to have to fight for the rest of his life with that name because my uncle used to have to fight because the, the, the statue in the uh, harbor is, uh, in New York Harbor, the Statue of Liberty is a female. Mm-hmm. So if you had the name Liberty back then, you know, you, you had the same name as a girl, you know? <laughs> so he would fight all the time. But when the 60s came around and everybody wanted liberty and freedom and you know all that kind of stuff, yeah. it was a great name to have. And being (laughs) in business, it's a memorable name to have, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Liberty. And your dad, you you speak of your dad, fascinating guy, right? He was a cop. uh, He was a policeman. Um, But your relationship with him was also, you just mentioned how you didn't see, you know, some of the things like the the stress that Billy Joel maybe was about similar to your dad. You were a child and he was under a lot of stress. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, he was a In first, first, when he was growing up, he wanted to be a, a, a career criminal. You know, he used to hang around with uh, a lot of uh, the, the tough guys in Brooklyn, you know, um, do jobs for them and stuff like that. And, um, and then he, when he joined this, this service, he was a, a paratrooper, you know, the most risky, insane one of them all, jumping out of airplanes with guns, people shooting at you. And, uh, you know, he went through a lot of battles and, and uh, was in the Battle of the Bulge and all that kind of stuff. And, and then he comes home and he becomes a policeman. So he always had that crazy streak in him, that tough guy streak. You know, like I mentioned in a book, when I used to, uh, you know, he used to see my nails getting long and he'd say, how can you make a fist with your nails like that? It's like, well, I don't want to make a fist, you know.
0: <laughs> right. And I,
1: I, I don't like that. I don't like fighting. I don't like to do that kind of stuff.
0: You ended up grabbing people by the balls in bars, but we'll get to that separately, right? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: when the chips came down, I could I could defend myself. But I didn't want to just, you know, beat people up just because I didn't like them. or You know, I, I, I believed in people back then. My father was like, a, a, um, what's that movie, Bronx Tale. You know, if, if somebody came into their neighborhood that didn't belong, they chased them and, and beat them up and stuff like that. Yeah, I would to
0: that kind of thing. No, absolutely. Absolutely, Liberty. I want to jump to your early career for a second. I want to talk about The Rogues, one of your first bands, right? And there's this really beautiful passage that you say in the book. Uh, It's just a passage. Maybe some people will glance over it, but I thought it was really breathtaking. You could almost see a postcard out of it. And it's when uh, your first formal show went on a beautiful summer's day. You came out of the basement with your equipment and your bandmates, and you played in the backyard, right? And all the kids in the neighborhood kind of came, and they were your first audience. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really pretty image. Uh, what do you remember from, from that day, that afternoon, that night?
1: It was a thrill because you know, we were in that little room that was, was kind of off the basement. And then we decided, let's go play in the backyard. He had a little raised patio, uh, Mike Cody. It was Mike Cody's backyard. And uh, his parents had a raised patio. So we set up on on there with a feeling of like, oh, this must be what it's like to be on a stage. And then the kids from the neighborhood started to come over. And it was like thrilling when they started to come in and they would be moving and dancing and hanging out and stuff like that. And it was the first time that I, I, whoop, there goes my book. And I had (laughs) played in front of an audience. Um, So yeah, it was a big, big thrill to us. And it, it gave you that feeling of like, Okay, this is pretty cool. This this could be really cool if it really happens, you
0: know? Yeah, that was a taste, a taste of it. That's cool. That's cool, Liberty. Yeah, I love that image. And then another of your bands, the New Workshop. There's so many great stories here. I could talk for days with you, but like, let's talk about this one, right? So you, your friend from school, Mike Vericelli, he comes one day to school and he starts bragging about this great band, and yeah. you're like, and you're like, what the hell? Like, okay, like now, I, now I feel insignificant. So you go see this band with your friend Mike and when you're in the GA line outside the venue, they uh, basically recruit you to play in the band. Is, is that right? Well, it was funny because he, you know, he was talking
1: about them so much in school. I was like, like, oh, man, shut up, you know, because these were guys from my school too. And he was raving about them. Like this is the greatest band, you know, even to the point of like, you should be in a band like that, you know? And then, <laughs> Okay, well, let's go see them. I'll go see them with you. And I'm online with my then-girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, and the lead singer, Ronnie, comes out and he pulls me out of the line and like tells me that this guy's getting drafted and they need another drummer. Do I want to join the band?
0: Can you so, imagine that liberty? Well, yeah,
1: and the thrill of going back into the line and telling them what he just said was like...
0: <laughs> and, and your girlfriend at the time was there, right? In line with you? Oh, yeah. She was in line what, with me. What, what was her expression? Like, did you, like, th- that night? Did you, did you get laid? Like, like what was, what's that about? It's a non-normal situation. <laughs> well, she, she was pretty excited about
1: it. You know, um, she was my girlfriend. that We used to fight all the time, you know, have arguments all the time. So um, she was excited about it to the point of, like, that's great. But now, where does that, where does that leave me? <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It, it was it was clear who your first love was. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. It was very clear. Music. Oh my God! And you know, and uh, okay, so then you move on. You know, you you had a great run with Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. That is this very influential band of the sixties. But I want to talk to you about Sopas Jamboree, and yeah. uh, and this episode that you have there, which is unfortunate, actually. And it's uh, you you had a really extended lsd uh, acid trip basically uh it almost it basically almost makes you quit music uh, right can you tell us a little bit about this trip and and, and when your dad picked you up and i a little bit about this
1: well it was in in the 60s you know and everybody was experimenting and stuff like that and it was yeah. actually super jamboree it was with the band before that um we we actually didn't even have a name it was in baltimore i was in baltimore Got and it. And I thought, you know, let me try this. Let's see what happens. You know, we were all just getting high and stuff. And, and he passed around this, this peace that I guess, Grateful Dead were making LSD at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting so high that I, I started to freak out. You know, wow. and I stayed that way for a week. A week? So, yeah. <sighs> uh, and then I, I finally went home. My father picked me up at the train station. And I was still like buzzing. And, uh, and, and he asked me if I was okay. And I said, I'm not, no, I'm not okay. And he asked me if I wanted to stop in the church, you know, St. William the abbot where we went and uh, you know, just sit and say a prayer, you know? And uh, we sat there and then he said, okay, let's go. And I, we started walking out and I said, I don't want to go yet, I have to tell you something. And because he was such a tough guy and a, and a cop at the time, he used to always tell us, I'll kill you if you ever do drugs. You know, he said, actually say that. I'll kill you if you ever do drugs. And so when we went back in, I told him what I did. And then I asked him, if, are you going to kill me now? And, and he had just lost his mother. My grandmother had just passed away. Who you loved, by the way, to death. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was the greatest. You say she's still your angel. Yes, she is. She definitely is. And um, when, I, when I, I, I told him that, and, and it was the first time I ever saw him cry you know, uh, because he had lost his mother and he didn't want to lose his son now, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, Liberty, Now, great story. Great story. Okay, so let's, let's fast forward a little bit to Billy Joel. Uh, <clears throat> so Billy Boop. moves- Boop. Yeah, some, some guy that's made a few hits here or there. <laughs> but he, so Billy, you know, he's getting tired of L.A. He's, he already had Piano Man and, and he's already had a, you know, his career is kind of like chugging along, but he's had it with L.A., moves back east uh, to New York where he, you know, to, to his backyard. And, uh, and basically you end up through serendipity with the band, right? So um, y- you met Brian, who, who eventually did the audition uh, f- for Billy with Joe. He was your drinking buddy. Yes. Um, in the book, you sound so confident in this audition, but I couldn't help but wondering as I was reading it, man, like how is Liberty not petrified? You know, tell us about this but- audition. Well,
1: I, I had been hanging around with, with, um, with Brian. You know, because Doug Stegmaier, who was in the band Topper with me, was friends with Brian. And Brian did the sound and the tour managing and all that stuff on the Street Life Serenator tour. That's the tour that Doug went on first. He was the first one to get the gig. Right. So when they came home, Doug introduced me to Brian. And we just kept going to bars and, and drinking and stuff like that. And I can remember the time when We were sitting in a bar and we're listening to Elton John on the jukebox and we're singing at the top of our lungs and stuff. And and Brian turned to me, and he goes, you got to be in this band. You, you know, you need to be in play with Billy. So when I went into the audition and Billy gave the um, the uh, position of Brian to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I knew I was in. <laughs> yeah, He
0: played it cool though, right? He took like 20 I, minutes.
1: <laughs> I played it very cool. Very cool. And, and when, when Brian gave the thumbs up, it was like, yeah, okay, that's it. I'm in. You know? oh, so, that it great, so
0: it was great. That's great.
1: So the, that whole story has to do with like, you know, it's who you hang around with, how you hang. There's a whole thing in a band of, 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 of like, who can you hang with? Yeah. You know, that's part of traveling with the band. You're with the band more than you with your family. You're with the band 24 hours a day. It's except If you go to sleep, your eyes are closed. You know, you're on a bus, probably on an airplane, you're playing on stage, you're backstage.
0: So you got to get along with these people. You got to get along with people. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's fun. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to, to to an artist the other day and it didn't occur to me that even you have to be careful now what you eat because you're sharing the tour buses sometimes and that uh, you don't want to be sick and kill the vibe. Like, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. Like everyone, you know, you got to take care of anyway. You well, know
1: we we have oh, we can't can 't use it on your your on this zoom thing when you put it when you post it, but we used to have a thing like if somebody came home with the clap, you would have to tell uh your, your <laughs> girl you'd have to tell him oh oh yeah, I bumped dicks in the shower with with uh with Richie or something
0: <laughs> all right we'll, we'll edit
1: really with a girl but
0: <laughs> we'll edit that, but thanks for sharing that that's great oh yeah. oh my god that's funny, so you get the job elizabeth um billy Joel's wife of course like every strong you know woman she tells you you're not in yet you gotta you gotta gain my trust that's right um that's yeah. funny funny liberty Want to ask you about a few uh, some songs if you don't mind uh there's just so much to talk about uh so one in turn styles which is your yeah. first proper full album with billy i want to ask you about uh, miami 2017 yeah uh, it's always been such a spectacular song life staple uh what can you tell us about this song? How do you remember the recording process of it?
1: Uh, Recording-wise, um, you know, the song is about when Ford, uh, New York City was going under, and, and they asked for money, and Ford said, "You know, screw you! You're not getting any money." And it was him uh, talking. It was a per- Billy became the person in the future that was around when when uh, New York went under, and by the time that that had happened. Uh, in the story, everybody moved to Florida, you, you know, because uh, people, when they retire from New York, they move to Florida. Yeah. But, matter of fact, I lived in Florida for nine years <laughs> before I moved back to New York. Um, but uh, the, the recording process was uh, great because uh, we started to play it, myself, uh, Doug, and, and uh, Billy, on the, just on the piano. But Billy had written that with uh, heavy guitars in his mind and uh so we said we know guitar players me and doug were in a band with two other guitar players so we got them and that was russell and howie we got them in to play that part the guitar part on uh, miami 2017 which then that became the billy joel band you know so that
0: song really got us all together interesting Interesting liberty, and uh, you know, with the stranger, we could talk about every song. But I want to ask you about "Just the Way You Are." Is it true you hated it? Basically, you thought it was too mushy. You're a rock and roll band. Yes, sir. (laughs) It was like, but it served you well. It served you well, didn't it?
1: It served us very well. I mean, (laughs) you know, when I was dreaming of what it would be like to be a rock star, that song gave us the opportunity to really really uh have that opportunity with, with with not only with having a hit record and and getting a grammy but the girls you know it, yeah. was, it was insane they, they thought we were like these real uh sensitive males that knew women it was like
0: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> well played well played liberty yeah yeah, absolutely. Oh, you've been so generous with your time. I want to ask you a couple more things, and then I'll let you go, Liberty. Um, I want to ask you about groupies, uh, but, but not like the traditional groupie questions, because obviously you you mentioned that pretty well, some yeah. epic, I encourage people to read the book, some epic groupie stories of, you know, in, in, uh, in Denver, Chinese restaurants, it's, it's great. But I want to ask you about this concept of the male groupie. I thought that was fascinating. I had never heard of that. I had never heard of it. Oh. Um Oh my God. Can you, can you tell our audience about, about this? And this is, I had never heard of this. Well, it, well, it's like, you know, these
1: guys that want to be your friends. I, I, fr- I have a friend or had a friend that um, just, we, we were hanging out when, when I was off the road and we would just hang out and have a great time and stuff like that. And then once I brought him to rehearsal, this person totally changed into a different person. He, couldn't stop taking pictures of Billy. He couldn't stop being all over Billy. It was like, stop it. D- dude, this isn't you, When I, the, the guy I know that I brought here. It, it, they click into something else, like they, they're, they're freaked out that they're with this person that they've admired all this time and they can't control themselves. Just like girls can't control themselves, but yeah,
0: stepped it into the bunch, you know. <laughs> when guys do it, it's really, really strange. Yeah, just really manipulative. It was like really crazy to read about that part. Kind of like yeah. icky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting liberty. Oh wow. Okay, and lastly, you know, I'm in Miami, um, Cuba. Big part, big part of uh, of the Florida. Large Cuban population, of course. And everyone has stories, right? Everyone, oh, the, you know this and that. But you guys were part of a of a iconic moment in Cuban music history in South Florida music history and that is when you guys went to play uh, Cuba Havana in 1978 I believe yes 78-79 like that, yeah. that's amazing can you tell us a little bit about that trip what a wow everything about that trip seems like a moment
1: well for some reason somehow uh, Columbia Records CBS Records um, got this exchange thing happening with the Cuban government and uh, so 150 artists went to Cuba and uh, like it was us and Stephen Stills and uh, uh, Tito Puente from America and, and Weather Report. We all right. went, to, went, to, um, went to Cuba and we did five days. There was five days of concerts in the Karl Marx Theater in Havana, Cuba. And um, for every American band that played, a Cuban band played. Mm-hmm. And um, it it was fantastic. The music was fantastic. And being in Cuba was an amazing experience because it was, we we were so threatened by Cuba all the time. You know, our government was threatened by Cuba all the time. And we just went through the Bay of Pigs and all that kind of stuff with me and everything like that. And it was so much fun that the experience made me think like, you know, people are people everywhere. People are people. It's, it's, Government against government. It's not people against people. Yeah, you know, Cuban people were beautiful. It was it yeah. was great, you know. And and I know, uh, weather report went on first. It was a treat to see them. You know, the people were freaking out because they had smoke machines and stuff like that. And I we had never seen
0: that before, right? The smoke machines, right. the audience, right?
1: And we went on last because we were the most popular group that got, went over there. And uh, Billy gave it his all. We gave it our all for the Cuban uh, people, and it was just fantastic to eat the Cuban food, drink the Cuban drink, you know, it, it was a great experience. When, you, when, when you're not permitted to go somewhere, and then you get the opportunity to go, it, it's
0: it's a great experience. Great experience, Liberty. Liberty, why do you think, because uh, after reading about it, I did a little bit of research, why do you think the Cuban government, uh, you know, not to get too political, but but why is this moment not talked about more, basically? It's, 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 it, it's there, but... You know, it's kind of like it's not, it's not celebrated you're, like it should. Why do you think that is? Well, you're absolutely right, because the Havana Jam
1: was kind of like shut down after we, we left. They put an album out called Havana Jam, an album that Billy didn't want to be on because we had just released 52nd Street, and he didn't want, you know, we had the same songs. Uh, he didn't want to put the songs on, on the Havana Jam album. But um, I think youth makes a big difference in a country. And I think the youth wanted to hear that music, you know, so they were permitted to come. We were permitted to go over and, and the younger people were allowed to hear the music. Some of them uh, went a little more forward and th- they actually came to talk to us on the beach. And I know they got uh, arrested because uh, when that second wave of, uh, of, of the people coming over to America on those rafts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we met them again. And I, I st- I met them and um, you know, some of them uh, didn't make it. They said the, a lot of the kids that had the t-shirts that we gave them, they went, I went to jail, uh, you know, it was wow. a terrible thing to hear, but um, it was, uh, it was a great experience for us. It was a wonderful. experience. I love playing in other countries and eating their food, you know, enjoying their culture. I love it.
0: I love it. I love it. Liberty. You've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much, guys. Look, look, I could talk to you for months, for weeks. It's, uh, you have so many fascinating stories, Liberty. Well, thank you. All I can tell people is uh, make sure you pre-order this fantastic book, Live Liberty, Life, Billion, The Pursuit of Happiness. It comes out July 17th, which is right around the corner, guys. You, you're you're going to eat this up in two days, I'm telling you guys. What a great, great book, Liberty. Congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. And you can order it from uh, pre-order it now uh, from HudsonMusic.com. Uh, yeah get it now there and then um they send them out they're starting to send them out now they're starting to send them out the first because the first uh printing got sold out so they had to get them you know printed again and
0: you'll get it absolutely and and it's a great great rock and roll book so thanks a lot liberty appreciate it for your time you're a legend happy birthday ringo and uh thank you so much for joining us
1: happy birthday ringo thank you all right bye